This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. And Doc, as you know, one of our fine partners at the Detroit Sports Podcast Network is The Athletic. And The Athletic Detroit is premium coverage for passionate, passionate Detroit sports fans. Listeners of this episode of Tiger's Talk and all episodes of Tiger's Talk can get 30% off the first year of an annual subscription to The Athletic by visiting theathletic.com slash DSP. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest, the freshest edition of Tiger Stock with Chirko and Company. I am your host, Vito Geronimo Chirko, along to my usual sidekick and broadcast partner and fun. That is Jack from Doc and Jack, John Charles Macaroon. John, how are you doing? Vito, we've recorded about 150 podcasts together talking baseball, but no other podcast am I this excited to sit down. We have one of the most special guests in this office and I can't wait to have a conversation with him. I always knew when I started this that my nephew would show up here and we would talk baseball, have a good time, and he's here today. Anthony Aubrey is here. Zuzu, my nephew, uh, he wants to be introduced as the next Derek Jeter. Anthony, what's up, nephew? Hi. So, Anthony, you want to be the next Derek Jeter. Now, why is that, by the way? I really want to be the next Derek Jeter because, like, he's so good. I just really want to be, I just want to be, like, so good. And you want to play shortstop then one day as yes. well in the majors, playing for the Bronx Bombers, or or you just like Jeter too because he was a great shortstop? No, I want to play for the Yankees too. You do? And make yeah. a lot of money. You see where a I, lot of money to make right there. Smart see, man. Do you see where I failed as an uncle? <laughs> I love Detroit sports. There's nothing in here that represents anything but Detroit sports. And my nephew wants to play for the Yankees. How am I supposed to feel about that? Well, you know what? I would feel disgraced. Uh, <laughs> it's you know not a good thing, but it's your dream. Got to live it out. Maybe one day you will be able to. And we love the Tigers here. This is Tiger Stock with Chirko and Company. Episode 151 now. Already the podcast. We had Johnny Kane of Fox Sports Detroit on last week. Now, you watch the games. You watch all the broadcasts of the Tigers games, right? Or yep. you try to. And you see yep. Mario Mpemba, Rod Allen, uh, Mickey York at times, Craig Monroe, Johnny Kane. Now, do you like watching Johnny Kane, too? He's one of the reporters on those broadcasts. Kind of a funny yeah. dude with the nice yeah. hair and everything, as I like to say. Yeah, and um, especially my favorite one about him is the like about like yesterday he was at Astro State he was at the Houston Astro Stadium and he was eating like this big burger and, it was, and he loves to eat he loves to yeah. eat at all the different stadiums too and he lives it up he's a funny dude and gets the chance I'm jealous I told him last week I think too I'm jealous of the fact that he gets to eat all these different foods and at uh, Minute Maid Park watching the Houston Astros take on the Tigers and the Tigers win that last game against two Justin Verlander. How about that? How they hit the home runs against um, Verlander was bombed early by the Tigers, guys, and it was good to see from the Tigers, who didn't really do anything else in the series leading up to that game on Sunday, but they got it done, got one W in that series before the All-Star break. Now, Anthony, did you root for Justin Verlander to strike out a bunch of Tigers, or did you want the Tigers to crush a bunch of home runs like they did? Tigers to crush a bunch of home runs like they did. <laughs> yeah. How and excited did, were you? I was very excited. We hit four home runs against them. That was awesome, right? Very he's got the stats. I like that. I was going to say three or four. He's got the stats. Four. To verify, Anthony Aubrey. I mean, you're a man of great knowledge already. And how old are you, by the way, Anthony? I'm eight years old. And you play for the Bloomfield Sting yes. right now. And you play shortstop then, too? No. I, Our coach, um, like we, I could play any position, but 
I like to play second base and shortstop mostly, though. See, I played that growing up, by the way, John and everybody here. So, I mean, it was fun for me to do it. I learned some uh, quality, like, infielding tips from my coaches growing up. And uh, where did it go for me? Nowhere. But I think for you, no, you got a great shot, and you got to keep working on it. And it takes a lot of reps and a lot of practice, right? And that's why you got to keep putting in the time, too. Yep. Now, do you like playing travel baseball? You play quite a bit. I mean, you're playing two to three games a week. You're going to practice. Do you like playing travel baseball? Yeah, I love it. What do you love about it? Just fun to play baseball at I just was a kid with, like, a baseball dream. I just love it. Yeah, see, look at see what he said? He's I like that, having a baseball dream. And, Anthony, everyone wants to know, when did you start? How did you start liking baseball? Um, Why I, baseball? I don't know. I just was, like, born into it. Yeah, you're born into it. Your uncle obviously played sports. Your dad played sports. Your other uncles played a bunch of sports. So I don't know if you know, but you come from some good genes, especially from your uncle. This your guy right here, really? you got to be kidding me. <laughs> especially, what did you play? I played... One year little of league little, league. little League wins. See balls? <laughs> Hit up the tee a little bit, maybe? <laughs> well, Admit it now. Come on. Admit it to your well, nephew, please. If this baseball dream does come and uh, he does get the chance to play professionally, I have videos of me throwing a baseball to him, to <laughs> oh, Anthony, God. when he was live up that, huh? two years old. That's how awesome this kid was. He loved it right away. He loves to play catch. He soaks it all up. Listen, if you ask him, he's got a stat board at home where every week – he kind of updates who has the, the lead in RBIs, home runs. So Anthony just doesn't like to play. He follows it really well, and uh, I really like to see it. Someone who just loves baseball, and when you get a chance to see him play, it's, it's a fun thing. I never thought I would be that excited to watch um, travel baseball or Little League baseball, but to see him play and to get hits and RBIs and, and to pitch, it's an, it's an awesome thing, Anthony. You made your uncle and your whole family proud, and, and it's fun, and it's really great that you're having fun. That's what we like to see. You're always smiling. Your team seems like you, you've made some friends on the team. Yeah. Anyone you want to mention that's really cool on the team? No. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> okay, we won't tell no, them. anyways, <laughs> but you can get it done as a hitter, too. Are you a masher like Bryce Harper, or yeah. what kind of hitter are you like, Anthony? I hit a lot of um, singles. Okay, and you said you're a switch hitter, right? Well, I can switch hit, but... I'm more of like a lefty than right. A lefty, which actually is very advantageous, too, when you're a lefty, because a lot of pitchers are right-handed. Yes. So you'll probably notice that as you keep growing up, too, and facing more and more pitchers, a lot of those guys are right-handed. So that's an advantage to you, definitely. Now, the fun of playing travel baseball is not only just playing games in a league setting, but Anthony's played in a couple tournaments in which he's won, and we'll share a great story in that he just turned eight years old, and Anthony won a trophy. He won the tournament on the day of his birthday. A great experience. Um, I think it was one of the first uh, tournament wins that his that he's been a part of with his team. What was it like, Anthony, when you uh, played? Because from what your dad has said and your and your mom, it was an up and down game where you guys had the lead and then you lost the lead and then you tell us what happened. Okay, so we won the lead and then we lost it and then we it was the bottom of the it was the bottom of the fourth and we play six innings because I play eight U baseball. So it was the bottom of the fourth and the other team was up. They hit like a single and then the other guy he hit a double. So then the guy in first scored. So then we were down. And then we were back up in the top of the in the bottom of the fifth. And then it was our turn to bat and then it was it was their turn to bat in the top of the sixth. And then they scored. The score was um six to seven. We were winning, and then they scored, and then it made the score eight to seven. 
We Ooh. were losing. Now, so at it, that point, at that point, when you're losing, are you starting to get nervous? Like, oh, my gosh, it's my birthday. I'm not going to win. On my birthday, this stinks. Yeah. Were you nervous a little bit? Yeah, Did, I was were, so nervous. Okay. So now it's the bottom of the sixth, right? No, the top of the sixth. Top of the sixth. And you're now batting. And uh, no. what happens? The other team is batting, though. Okay. And so then they hit, like I told you, they hit. They scored. It was eight to seven, and now it's our turn to bat the bottom of the six. He, the guy, hit a triple, and then the guy scored. So then that made it eight to eight. Then it was tied, and then we got a walk off. Nice. A walk off double. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So when you saw it, because you're obviously on the bench, then watching, right? Yeah. Okay. So you see that, and you see the hit. It's a double, and your teammates are crossing the plate. What are you thinking? What's going on? And you're, are you like, wow, this is really cool. I won. What was it like when you saw that? And what's it like to win a tournament? Because I hate to say it, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I played Little League, okay? And <laughs> really? One year, one year. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Year. Hear this out. Hear, hear this out, nephew. I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but the record of my Little League team was one win and 15 losses. And the, oh, yeah. I believe it. And the you one suck. win. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, and that's why I'll share it with you among friends. The one win we got, we didn't earn. The one win we got was because the other team only brought eight of their team. And so I never in Little League earned a victory. So I never knew what it was like, and that was the only year that I played. So I never really felt what it was like to go out and get ice cream or anything like that. That was my experience. One in 15, and the one win we got was a forfeit. John never got a real win. I never got a real win playing Little League, so I'm going to experience this through you. What was it like to win a tournament playing travel baseball? It was amazing. It was an amazing feeling, and uh, it was his birthday. And then what happened after made it even more uh, fun for you. Yeah, we went to the grass, and then we all had cupcakes for my birthday, and then they all sang to me. Then we got our trophies. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. And then after that, there was even more surprises. Where did you end up going after the, after the game, after the trophy-winning game? Well, my dad said that we were going to his new work, that in Detroit called Zoomies, but then he lied, and then <laughs> and then we were parking into Comerica Park, and I'm like, oh my god, this is your new work, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then my mom's like, and then my mom's like, um, I, we left your we left your brother and sister at home, so it would just be us, and then. And then my dad said we're gonna be we're gonna be sitting behind home plate. And then all of a sudden we go go into Comerica Park, and then my it happens to be that my birthday surprise was Comerica Park. And my dad said that his birth my birthday surprise was at his new work in Detroit. And then our seats were in a suite. So then we open the suite door. And my face is so weird. And we just open it, and then my whole entire family just up, appears in the whole suite. And then they're like, happy birthday to you. They keep singing it. So we, so we sang to Anthony on his birthday. Uh, the Tigers got crushed. It was the game where they played uh, Corey Kluber, and Kluber was dominant. It was, it was nice to see um, a dominant pitcher play at Comerica Park. I mean, he really handled the Detroit Tigers. But it was a fun experience in the suite, right? Yep. And then it got better. So after the game, we hang out with the family. It's really cool. Now, your uncle naturally is kind of a shy guy, but you know, doing the podcast has brought that brought a little bit more confidence for me. But what happened after the game that made the the day even better from start to finish? What happened? Who did you get a chance to meet as a result of your favorite uncle? Al Avila. What? How did that happen? Well, we were walking out, and then we saw Al Avila, and then 
Doc here, he's like, Doc. <laughs> he, he yelled and he's like, Alvia! And then he just, and then he just turned around and he's like, it's, it's, it's my nephew's birthday today. Do you mind if we could take a picture? And he's like, sure. And then I just took a picture with them. Did you really say it was your birthday and try to get a photo with them or something? <laughs> no, no, no. I, right away, nine-year-old. Right away, man. when I saw him, I was like, oh my goodness! And he was with a family member or somebody young. And I just called his name out. He turned around and I just said, hey, you know, my nephew's here. And uh, I obviously wanted Anthony and everyone to meet Al Avila. I mean, this is the general manager of the Tigers, so it was really cool. And Al was really nice, and uh, it was like I said, hour after the game, and you know, probably it's a Sunday. He wants to get home. Uh, it was a tough loss, tough series versus Cleveland, and he gave a. He was so gracious with his time. Took a photo with Anthony, and uh, Anthony knew that's the general manager of the Tigers, somebody that makes big decisions, somebody that's really prominent. So it really capped off a, a great eighth birthday for my guy. Sounds here. like a great birthday, definitely. Right, one to remember. We got to take photos. Share it with everybody, and uh, what better way to share your birthday as, as somebody who loves baseball to win a, a tournament? Go watch your Tigers in a suite, and then meet the general manager of the Tigers. That's that's a great day, right? Yep, it's and a- and I got um, a paper signed by. Um, was it? Um, uh, Placido Polanco. Yeah, oh, Polanco was there too. Yep, yeah. uh, Polanco okay. was there, just greeting people at the suite. That was sign. my Tiger. Was back it? in the old days when they were winning. More often than not. So mm-hmm. growing up, he was kind of the guy I looked up to at second base because I played second base. I always wanted to play second base. And now I'm doing this podcast with your uncle. See? Look at that. Now, now, I wanted to ask you really quick. How did you refer to Al Avila? Did you say Mr. Al Avila or Mr. Avila or Al? Or do you remember how you? I think I said Mr. Avila. Mr. Avila. I was polite, of course. See, if it would have just been him, trust me, your uncle, he would have probably skedaddled out of there. <laughs> and ran as quickly as he could have. But because you were there. You know, Al Avila made it happen, made time for you, and that was really cool. And did you know that was Al Avila too? Did you know right then yeah. and there? Yeah. Well, that's really cool. That was really cool. It yeah. Was, it was really fun. It was a really fun time, and it's fun. it was fun for my nephew as well just to, to meet someone, his heroes. Um, Anthony, like we said, um, has had opportunities now to meet Michael Fulmer, Jared Saltilamakia. I remember meeting Salty too. Yeah, because we for that, yeah. of the podcast. So your first couple times meeting some of these baseball players that you really admire and respect, what was it like for you when your uncle's like, hey, you know, hey, nephew, let's go out and let's go meet Michael Fulmer. Let's go out and meet Jared Saltilamakia. What was that like for you when you started to meet these guys in person and get some autographs? It was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was so fun to meet, like, all these baseball players who, like, actually play in the MLB. Yeah. What was it like when you met Michael Fulmer? I know Jared Saltamaki was cool. He was a big dude, and uh, he's a catcher. And then you also got a chance to meet Michael Fulmer. What was it like with him, too? Because he was very nice. These athletes are very nice to the kids, especially when you go and uh, go for a baseball signing. Yeah. Michael Fulmer, is a, uh, he's a really good pitcher for the Tigers. It was really fun to meet him because he's, like, just really good. Exactly. And so you got some memorabilia. You, you keep that stuff in your room, right? Where do you keep the autographs and things like that? Uh, I have like this, uh, it's like a black cabinet. Mm-hmm. I put all the the important baseballs in there. Nice. And so yesterday was the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby. You watched it. What was it like when you saw Bryce Harper battling Kyle Schwarber? What did you think of the, what did you think of the Home Run Derby? It was awesome. I just, at first I thought like, the wa- it was at Washington, it was at Nationals Park. So mm-hmm. like, the wall was so like, deep back and I thought like no one's gonna hit a home run against against these pitchers it was so weird mm-hmm. now who did you want to win by the way I wanted um Rice Reese Ho- Hopkins Reese Hoskins yeah? yeah so now why is he your favorite player by the way well because he's a switch hitter and he has like those um like 
those guards? Yeah, those guards on both of his, um, both on the side of his helmet. It's really weird. He yeah. looks so weird. He does look weird <laughs> in it, right? But you know why they wear them, right? Yeah. For protection. Yeah. Exactly. Now, Anthony had an opportunity on a family vacation to go down to Marlins Park. He was one of 15 fans in the arena. and uh, <laughs> Maybe 20. Come on, Doc. Be nice. Oh, okay, let's be nice. 20. So Anthony had a chance to check out other ballparks as well. So I had asked you when you went down to Miami, I said, what ballpark is better, Comerica or Miami Marlins Park? Which park is better and, and why? Uh, I like my Miami's Park better. Oh, why, wow, why is that? Really? Why is that? Um, Because... Is it nicer? Is it better food? Or because Derek Jeter helps run that team, oh, too, in yes. Miami. Maybe that's yeah. the reason as well for you, Zuzu? Um, no, I just really like the stadium. And, yeah, I just really like it. So you went down there, and obviously he knows his uncle loves bobbleheads. They have a museum full of bobbleheads. Is it really that big with all yeah. those bobbleheads? How many yeah. are in there, do you think? Oh, like about, like, 335. Nice. So you liked it? You had a good time? Did the Marlins actually win the game or no? No. They, they lost. I think it was, uh, there was an, a great pitcher. It was Grenke. Zach Grenke shut down the Miami Marlins team, and uh, it was a noon start, so they got a chance to get in there. And so you had a good Get time. in and get out. Get in and get out, right? But there were not a lot of people there, were there? No. It was not. Right now, it's tough times for Miami. But you had a chance to see the game, and it was nice. What do you like about Comerica, even though you might not like it as much as the Marlins Park? They have good food. Yeah. Yeah, They're way better food than Miami. Well, yeah, what's going on? What's going on at Comerica? What should me and Vito order the next time Vito takes me out? Um, hot dog. <laughs> hot dogs. Or the next ketchup. time the doc takes me out. But, yeah. Ketchup, onions, um, mustard, relish, and onions on the top. <laughs> nice. What do you think about this podcast? I mean, I know you're excited to come. Um, we've always. Uh, I know that you really respect Vito. You really like the fact that Vito loves baseball. And did you know that Vito writes about baseball for the newspaper? Vito, right here. Vito writes. This guy right here. Vito, Vito Jerome Churko once a week for the Detroit Free Press. Comes out on Monday mornings. Can check it out. Five numbers you need to know each and every single week during the Tiger season about the Detroit Tigers. So wow. five kind of interesting, maybe fascinating numbers, unique numbers you could say. So you can check it out at Freep.com in the sports section, Zuzu. I know you will now. Wait, so your article comes out. I've never, because, you know, it's 2018. We don't get a chance to really get the paper if I flip through the Monday papers... There's no, 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 no. No, it's online. Yeah, it's nothing online. in the print edition. Not no, I'm not edition. that good of a writer, I guess. Well, we'll, we'll, view, but we'll get you there. Maybe one day in the print edition, which I have been in. But anyways, online. Yes, check me out once a week on Monday mornings. What do you think about the podcast? What do you think about coming here and doing this? You, would, in a couple years, when you get a little bit older, you, you see yourself maybe coming in a little more often, having a good time, talking about your Little League experiences, travel baseball? Yeah, it's really fun. It is really fun, isn't it? It's fun to just have a conversation, share laughs, and uh, veto is really good at talking about baseball, and I just have an opportunity to sit and learn a lot and have conversations with my buddy here, and it's really fun, isn't it? You had a yeah. good time? Yep. Is Can we ready? ask him one more question? Of course. He's got really time. quick, who's the best team in baseball? Now, you love the Yankees. Are they the best team in baseball? Because the Red Sox have like 67 wins at the All-Star break. Yeah, but favorite team right now is the Boston Red Sox. So now they're, I thought that your favorite team was the Yankees. No. <laughs> he likes the Yankees. The Bo Sox and Yanks are both really good. Yeah. So who do you think, if you were to pick one of those two teams to win the World Series, which team do you think is more likely? Which team would you pick right now? Uh, well, the Boston the Red Sox are in first place right now. Yes. The Yankees are in second. I think, actually, that the Yankees might actually win a game and that they might send down the um, Boston Red Sox in second, and the Yankees might take first. Now, you loved Ooh. Jeter growing up, right, back in the day when he was a Bronx bomber himself. Who's your favorite Yankee now? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, Ooh. okay. And why is that? 
He just hits a lot of home runs. He does, and the Yankees do as a ball club. Huh? Gary Sanchez, Giancarlo Stanton, you know Aaron Judge himself. So a lot of big home run hitting dudes on the Bronx Bombers right now too. And now Anthony, one last thing: we got to talk because this is Tigers talk. What do you think right now about the Tigers? I know they're not winning a lot of games, but we still got Michael Fulmer, Nick Castellanos. What do you think of the Detroit team right now? Well, they're in third place. Well, they're they're kind of good. They have good people like Nick Castellanos, um, Jimmy Candelario, Mike. Mikey Matuk and those people. Mm-hmm. And, and here's an interesting note. Do you know what number Candelaria wears? Yeah, 36. Do you know what number Mikey Matuk wears? Eight. See, he's eight years old. He knows, he knows that. He knows attentive. more than me when it comes to jersey numbers, honestly. I'm, I'm telling you, I was shocked because, you know, being a psychologist, you're used to people with low attention spans. And look, half the time I'm not listening to you well, or anybody. Same, same with you. I mean, you're 39 and you still can't listen to people <laughs> right. very long. And I took him to a couple games when he's six, seven years old. And dude was laser focused, would tell me like, okay, last at bat, he did this. He was focused on people's birthdays, where they were born. And he was locked into the entire aspect of the game. And it helped me focus. I'm like, whoa, this kid, I'm there. <laughs> Wait, an eight-year-old helped a 39-year-old focus on the game more? I'm not lying. I, of course, you know, you think about other things. You got your phone. You got Snapchat. Uh, yeah, with, yeah, you with your phone, too, on Twitter, right? So it was really awesome. It's really nice to see somebody passionate about the game. And it brings new life for us old fans because he sees it from a different angle. And and it was really awesome to have you here talking baseball. Now, you have a chance to say anything you want before you leave. Um, Vito, me, your dad's here. Anything you want to say before you get out of here and get to baseball practice, get to work? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> anything nice that you want to say about your uncle? Because I think John's looking for that right now. Something nice from you about him. Yeah. Um. um What's the nicest It's hard thing? for me to say something yeah, nice yeah, about him, yeah, too. Yeah. Trust me. It takes What's me a long time as well. You can say Take about your, your uncle. time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He helps me play catch. He's really nice. No. He invited me on his podcast. (laughs) (laughs) He has a podcast, a really nice podcast. Invited me on. was very nice of him asking, you know, me to come on. Something like that, right? So Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome to have my nephew here. Thank you so much for coming in. This will not be the last time you hear from Anthony. He's a good kid and uh, left-handed bat. We wish we could have got him to throw right. uh, We wish we could have got him to throw left-handed, but... You know what? He's got a solid left-handed bat, and he can make contact at eight years old. He's playing well on a travel team, and he's making his way up uh, the ranks there. It's fun stuff. Well, maybe one day you'll have your own podcast on the Detroit Sports Podcast Network as well. How about the Zuzu Podcast, revolving around you and your game and how it's going? Look at that. Maybe one day here on the DSP Network, Zuzu. All right, Zuzu. We'll see you soon, okay? Thank Thank you much, man. Thank you. Man, Vito, that was awesome to have my nephew in here. You see how fun it is just to have conversations? That's the joy of podcasting is even an eight-year-old can sit down, share memories, talk about his love for baseball, and it was awesome to have that opportunity. What would you think of interviewing him? I know we've been talking about it for damn near three, four months, right? We have talked about it for way too long. was glad to finally bring him into the studio, and you know what? I found out about you that you only won one game growing up playing baseball via forfeiture. It's not it explains something... a lot. It really does explain a lot about you, Doc, and where you are today. What does Let me explain? just say that. What does it explain? Uh, your lack of, no, I don't know. I don't know your lack of competitiveness, but I think you are actually competitive. So, But we'll see your athletic genes on full display via my charity softball game, I believe, on Saturday, August 4th at Wayne State. A little shameless plug for that game, too, here, really quick. Now, I thought about bottling this up and uh, unleashing it at the game, but I had thought in my mind, obviously someone with my personality might start to think this way, especially with my ego. I might point the bat out, a la somebody who called a shot. 
I might and then call- pop it up or something, <laughs> yeah, or like hit it like right in front of the blade, <laughs> like a little roller. I might call my shot because I would love to see it. Just you know, walk up. But here's the funny part: I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't even have a softball glove. Oh I, my god, really? <laughs> I do not. I have to go get one. Um, I've never actually played an organized softball game before. Now, is there a reason why? Maybe because of a lack of. Now that you need a lot of skill or the competitive drive to play like co-ed softball or even in an all-men's, you know, slow-pitch softball league. But why is the reason? What is the reason for why you haven't played? Nobody's ever invited me to be part well, of the yeah, league. Well, there's a reason. I mean, I, there's a reason why you haven't been invited. Maybe because of a lack of athletic genes. There you go. Or I don't have that many friends that want me part of their team <laughs> because they'll be like, oh, my God, this guy will get a hit and he'll start dancing. Oh, you know what it is? I'm viewed as the T.O. of the softball world. Ooh, a diva. A diva. And You've always been a diva, <laughs> haven't you? Always been all about you, all about the DLC here on the DSP Network. It's the Doc Sports Podcast Network, right? Well, that's what it stands for. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense right now. Really, if you think about it, I'm on six of the seven or eight podcasts, right? It could, be. It could podcasts, be easily. Right? Or the Doc Detroit, the DD. SB Network, right? The Doc Detroit uh, Sports Podcast Network. But my nephew was fun, and he held his own. And it's cute that he always wanted to come check out what his uncle was doing, and I really enjoyed the opportunity to have him be part of this. And it was really fun to share memories of his successes and what he thinks early on as a baseball player. And you hear what he said? I just love it because it was born in me. I I love playing baseball. And he has it. It's really weird. It's... uh, it's interesting to see somebody who's just born liking the game and he gravitated towards it. Nothing else. He doesn't want to do anything else. He wants to play catch, swing the baseball, watch games on his iPad. He doesn't, you know, really watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. It's just baseball highlights, MLB packages. It's awesome to see somebody who loves it that much. And he knows baseball jersey numbers. I don't even know that. I'm 25. I can't even keep track of that. I'm like horrible. Like you give me numbers right now and I would embarrass myself. I mean, a lot of guys, I do not know their jersey numbers. I knew you'd be impressed by that. It was it was crazy. He, uh, last year, he was able to do it with every single player on the Detroit Tigers That's roster. That's really impressive, man. It, As an eight-year-old, God, I wish I had that skill, that talent. And he knows a lot. He knows almost more than us. I mean, he knows stats, like the four home runs that JV gave up on Sunday against the Tigers there. I mean, I would have maybe been stumped by that. And a lot of other people that even watched the game, pundits as well, maybe would have been stumped by that. And you said he only watched baseball growing up. Like he's never done anything else sport wise, or has mm-hmm. he played another sport? Or he plays soccer. Yeah, he's athletic. He likes it, but nothing with the level of passion that he has for baseball. And he gets the genes from his dad, from his family, the Aubrey side of the family, not from the. I mean, you're an in-law, <laughs> right? But anyways, uh, he has great athletic genes, man. I think he, if, as long as he maybe gets to be six one, six two, and he's in good. You shape. You think he'll get to that? I mean, I how so. tall is he right now? It's always about the height fact, which I never got. Yeah, but uh, you know, all you have to look to is Jose Altuve. That's the look guy. at him. If you can hit, man. And field adequately up the middle. He wants to play second or short, your nephew said. And more power to him. He could be Placido Blanco, the guy that he met at that game that all his family was at for his birthday in the suite. And what a pleasant and terrific birthday surprise that was for him. To turn eight and to have all that happen to him at Comerica in the suite. Would have loved that to have happened to me when I was there. I don't know what I was doing for my birthday, but it wasn't that. Let me tell you that much. Well, it's just in this day and age, we spoil the kids, but uh, he's a kid that's appreciative and very nice and respectful. Look, he even told me, he said, I'm going to call you Doc on the podcast. I and love that. You must have loved when you heard that. I looked at you, I think I said Doc myself. I was like, this is hilarious. Doc yeah. must be just embracing no, that fully. He, he told me he was going to do it. We, he, you know, obviously prior to, he said, what are you guys going to ask me? What's it going to be like? And I said, you know, we'll, we'll introduce you as the next Derek Jeter. We'll have fun and you can say whatever you want. That's what I really like about this is the relaxed nature because he probably wouldn't have said half of what he said if this was live, if he knew others were listening to it right now. And uh, it's just, 
another reason why I love podcasting. It's just you can make it relaxed. There's no pressure. There's no instantaneous like, oh, my God, I said this. Like he paused um, and he, you know, had a good time with it and we're able to bring it to you in, in the best quality. So thank you again for being part of it. Thank you for being um, agreeable to having him on. And it was really cool. Well, you know what? You can have a free-flowing conversation with the podcast, right? And that's what we did. That's what we try to do week to week. We had one with Johnny Kane last week on episode 150, and yep. we'll see who we get on in the future, too. What do you want to tackle in the second half of the podcast? Well, we got to look at the Tigers at the break, how they fared against the Astros a little bit, and then how about the universal DH becoming adopted? How about that policy all throughout Major League Baseball? Maybe at least one day the DH becomes accepted in both leagues. All right, let's take our first time out. We'll come back with a strong second half of the podcast. You're listening to Tigers Talk on the Detroit Sports podcast network and doc as you know one of our fine partners at the dsp network is the detroit sports commission and i can go on all day long about how i love the dsc and marty dobeck and chris smith and what they're doing over there at the detroit sports commission and one of the marquee events they have coming up is a zenith prep kickoff classic and this zenith prep kickoff classic is taking place august 23rd through 25th at tom adams field on the campus of wayne state university and you can find out about all of the events they are bringing to our very region, the Metro Detroit area, by following the DSC on Twitter and on Instagram at DET Sports. And make sure to check out their very, very fine website at DetroitSports.org. And we've got some news here to share coming off of that break. And we have to give a hat tip to Steve Shimenti. Now, a story that has spread a little bit, I guess, leading into this week's edition of Tigers Talk. And it is the idea of the universal designated hitter in Major League Baseball. Tony Clark, the MLB PA head, former Tiger great, right? Kind of, kind of not. Well, he has said, and now there's an article or two out there about how they might actually adopt the universal designated hitter. At least it's making some headway out there right now as we speak, Doc? It has been something that's been talked about quite a bit in terms of, you know, the risks that pitchers take when they bat, in terms of running the bases, sliding, um, sometimes overexerting themselves at the, you know, at the plate. But here's the thing. I'm not a guy that's into really changing the game. And I know we talked about on a previous edition of Two Bad Hombres, the USPBL um, making the game a little bit shorter, potentially by not allowing innings to start after two hours and 25 minutes. This change, this talk about changing the designated hitter just kind of bugs me. I mean, National League Baseball involves the pitcher um, batting, and it's a different game in terms of double shifts, who you utilize, and so it's a different game. It's a different league. That's why they call it the American League and the National League. But you tell me, what are the pros and cons of this? Why has this taken so much um, attention, and why have people advocated for this for so many years? I think people at this point don't want to see the pitchers bat. They're sick and tired of that. But isn't it great when, look— I don't know if you saw the highlight. It was really great. There's a great Twitter feed and websites that are dedicated to people who have really bad takes, right? So um, Rick Porcello is batting in a National League park, and uh, he, guess who he's facing? He's facing, you know, former teammate Max Scherzer, and he's got runners on base, and everyone's just laughing hysterically because the first pitch Max Scherzer throws blows it by him. 
Second strike blows it by him. And the announcers are giggling and laughing and they're just telling jokes and they're like, oh, this one's going to be a high heat and this is going to be a terrible da 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 da. They're just clowning Rick Porcello. And they're just talking about how great Max Scherzer is and how the fact is that, you know, this is an easy out. What does Rick Porcello do? He smacks the baseball into the outfield and drives in two runs. What a great story. Made freezing cold takes. It made all the highlights across the country. Why? Because a pitcher can hit. Look, now most of the time it's an easy out. Yes, but at the same time, it's applicable to both teams. There are times where pitchers can hit home runs. There's been legendary pitchers who just could, you know, carry their own weight. They could smack the baseball around. And I do think that by dismissing it, you are changing the fabric of the game. It's been around for so long. I'm just not. A, I'm. I'm just not agreeable to it. But the DH hasn't been on, you know, or around forever and ever. Remember that too. Now this is a. Now it's not an extremely new part of the game, and it wasn't just adopted recently in the last ten years or so. But still, the DH wasn't always around in Major League Baseball either. So remember that. So that wasn't always instituted in something that was a part of every single game in the American League. So you could also argue that and say, well, we've had our stint with that. We've had long enough, done enough with it, and we've seen the results. They've been fruitful at times. But now, anyways, you're putting guys that play in the field at DH. There's no more or less and less full-time slash permanent DHs in the American League. You see a lot of guys now that are playing DH when they want to get a day off from playing in the field. So now we don't have the traditional DH, the traditional big bopper at designated hitter game to game in the American League. So you're losing some of its luster and I think value from what it used to be when it used to be a power hitter, a big time plus power hitter. Now you don't have that in the DH slot every single night. And you look at the Tigers situation, look at the guy they have there, that they've had there hitting in the DH slot way too often this season. And in years past, last season as well, for sure. And Victor Martinez, a guy that can no longer hit for power, has gone 46 straight games now without hitting a home run. And he's the Tigers' designated hitter. It just speaks volumes about the Tigers' struggles and maybe ineptitude of Ron Gardenhire and Brad Osmus last year to keep hitting this guy as DH. And for a long time last year, especially as the cleanup hitter in the Tigers' everyday order. Made no sense at all to me. And they kept doing it. Ron Gardenhire kept doing it for a while this year. Now VMAR's been bumped in the order, and they're giving it bats to other people in that DH spot. But my point is, really, the DH has lost its value. And what it used to be, a guy playing there permanently, you know, game to game, it's no longer that in the American League. So really, uh, you could argue that maybe you get rid of the DH then even and just have pitchers back completely. But I think it's going to be more likely it'll be the universal designated hitter because guess what? Games are improved when you see the long ball. When the long ball's flying and you see that frequently from game to game, that's what fans want to see. You pack the ballpark more easily that way, and you get people tuning into games, game in, game out, more easily that way too. So I think you'll see the universal DH adopted at some point in our lifetime, at least in mine. I know you're an older dude. I mean, you might not last to see it 20, 30 years from now, but all joking aside. So what are the logistics of having a universal DH? I don't think it would be that hard to implement. I don't think there really are any like logistics that pass through that really would be hard to get through. I mean, what do you think? When I hear of that, I think they can just... Start it next year. I mean, like, what's the, what would be the big holdup? I don't think there is a significant holdup preventing Major League Baseball from adopting that in both the NL and the American League. So by and large, you're in favor of this. Yeah, I want to see more home runs. I mean, we've already seen a ton of them. But then you could also argue really quick to be the contrarian here. Contrarian point of view is that, well, we've seen a lot of big boppers and home runs hit in recent memory. Maybe we want to get away from that a little bit at least. So that's kind of the contrarian point of view you could take that, Oh, we've seen a lot of this. The trend has been hitting the long ball and King so darn often. Then maybe we want to see that reduced a bit, at least the case. So if you adapt the DH, you're going to get more of that, more of the home runs or nothing 
from batters throughout Major League Baseball. So maybe you want to get away from that, and maybe that's why you don't want to have the DH. And maybe you just like the differences in both leagues, where you can have the one league where you have the pitcher's bat, the other league you have the DH's bat. So maybe you just want to you know, stick it out and have that you know, happen for another 20, 30 years. And maybe then it's adopted after that period of time, after 20 or 30 years have passed by. But I think this will happen sooner than that. I think within the next 15 years, I think you'll see a change in Major League Baseball where the NL adopts the DH as well. Okay, very interesting takes, Vito. For you, I'm just curious to get your sense. Which league do you prefer to watch? Because it's two distinct games. The American League with the designated hitter, the National League with the double switches, uh, having the pitcher bat and things like that. More people will say that the manager is way more involved in the National League. Which league do you prefer to watch? The AL. But I grew up in the AL mindset because living in Detroit or Michigan, hometown Detroit Tigers' favorite team. So for me, I would never want it to be changed because I loved... I have loved the DH for so long and have been used to it. So for me, grew up loving the AL, still love the American League and the DH. So I want that to stay the same. And that's why I could see it happening and would prefer that happening where it does shift over to the NL eventually, where you have the DH in both leagues. Very well understood. All right. Did you get a chance to watch the Home Run Derby? A lot of people were commenting earlier today regarding the fact that there weren't really a plethora of names. A lot of people didn't watch. But after the event took place, people were raving, ranting and raving. Oh, my goodness, Bryce Harper saved an event that could have went south due to really the lack of star power. Yeah, nobody really big. I mean, Freddie Freeman was in it, the all-star first baseman of the Atlanta Braves, who hits for line drives, hits for average more. He's not an intriguing guy to go watch in a home run derby. Uh, Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper were the two most appeasing guys for the home run derby uh, by far. I mean, two most intriguing guys that everybody was looking forward to. So luckily for Major League Baseball, that was the duo that met in the finals of the home run derby on Monday night. So people love seeing that. And then Bryce Harper, the hometown favorite and hero, uh, rising to the occasion and then taking off and winning on a last-second home run to win it with the final 30 seconds that he got allotted to himself after hitting it far enough within the original amount of time that he had for himself. So because of that, had the extra 30 and won it, beat Kyle Schwarber head-to-head in the finals of the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby on Monday night. And that is what I think, once again, Major League Baseball wanted to see, those two guys going head-to-head in the finals of the Home Run Derby. What'd you make of the controversy? Do you feel like uh, Bryce Harper and his dad maybe pulled a fast one on everybody? Because of the fact that here's what everybody's complaining about, especially in Chicago, you know, who they really wanted uh, Kyle Schwarber to win it. Kyle Schwarber had an eight to nine run lead at this point in time, and uh, there's about maybe a minute, minute, a minute and a half, like a minute and a half. All of a sudden, uh, Bryce Harper gets into a groove, and people are starting to notice. Wait a minute, those that went and took a second look, that the by rule, what's supposed to happen is the ball is supposed to land before the next pitch is thrown, and people are kind of slowing down video, looking at tape, saying, "Wait a minute, when Bryce Harper got into that groove, his dad might have been throwing him pitches just before or a little bit sooner." than he should have um, when baseballs were still in the air on their way out of the ballpark. You know what? The, who's watching? I guess Major League Baseball <laughs> was. But you know what? The, the dad throwing the balls to Bryce Harper, you know, Bryce Harper's dad there, he's not looking. He's not watching. Who really even watches? So I don't care. And you know what? If nobody's watching, nobody's caring. And nobody's going to tell. But I guess somebody was watching, and fans will tweet about it. So it went viral. People are complaining. And the Cubbies fans are going to complain, right, because they were angry. Their guy lost because, well, he got extra time because his dad was just throwing the baseball. To Bryce. He didn't wait for the home run to land until he threw the next pitch. So because of that, I can see where the Cubs fans are up in arms. But still, guys, at the end of the day, relax. R-E-L-A-X. It's a home run derby. For good God. I mean, it's not a big-time playoff game with a lot riding on it. It was just a home run derby. So these Cubs fans that are losing sleep over the result on Monday night in the home run derby... Get over yourselves, all right? Move on and worry about something else. <laughs> well, I agree with you. You know what? When you said it, 
If you're not cheating, you're not trying. And if you don't get caught in the moment, hey, after the fact, it's too late. Now, right, it's over. Keep doing it. You don't get caught while it's going on. Why are you going to just, you think Bryce Harper cares about it now or his dad right now? Looking back at it and thinking, oh, did we maybe get an extra second or two because we kept throwing the ball when before, you know, went out of the ballpark? I don't think they really care about it at this point either. And they should not. Nobody should care about it at this point. All right, let's shift gears and take a look at the Detroit Tigers. First half, uh, they just came off of a series in which they won one um, versus Justin Verlander. A lot of people were excited to see, um, wow, Justin Verlander brought some good stuff, but unfortunately, some of the remnants of what we saw you know, towards the tail end of his tenure in Detroit showed up where he had great stuff, 97 to 100-mile-an-hour pitches, but he gave up four home runs in the contest. So really interesting stuff, but unfortunately, when you broaden it out and look at the last month for the Detroit Tigers, it's been abysmal. A lot of things to be concerned about, especially with some players that were brought up to potentially take the next step. You got Candelario struggling. You got some of the starting pitchers, Michael Fulmer struggling. And you look at it and you go, the bottom hasn't officially fallen out, but they're not playing their best brand of baseball. They've lost a lot of games in the last month, and they've hit that swoon that everybody thought they would. A lot of games, please. 20 of their last 25 going into the All-Star break. Now they have the Bow Sox coming up. Ooh. Good luck to the Tigers. The Bow Sox have 68 wins now, I believe. Tigers 41-57 and 57 in third place, as Zuzu mm-hmm. eloquently said. I mean, this guy's all over his stats and facts, Zuzu. Yes. Great to have him on once again. But looking at that series against the Red Sox, good luck to the Tigers. I'm going to Saturday's game, by the way. Are you? So I'm looking forward to a nice contest, but really I'm looking forward to J.D. Martinez going deep. Yeah. He's been the league leader in home runs and RBIs for a long time now. I don't know if he still is at this juncture in the campaign, but man, this guy has taken off in his first season. Now, not looking at it collectively, but if you just look at his last 162 games played over two seasons, he's got well over 60 home runs, 155-plus RBIs, OPS off the charts, batting average. This is a guy that has turned himself into one of the premier elite hitters in all of Major League Baseball. And then you have you have to have to look at it and you go, oh, okay, who did uh, we get for J.D. Martinez again? Somebody somebody by the name of uh, DeWall Lugo? Did you and- see what he did in the— the Futures game? Oh, oh wow. I looked at his numbers. Game, nothing, nothing I looked, exciting. I'm looking at his OPS and his numbers right now, and I'm like, oh, oh uh, that doesn't seem befitting of a, of the talent that uh, JD had. And I know some of the moves that Al has made, people are looking at and going, okay, there seems to be some uh, some bright side, but Jimmer Candelario is hit or miss. He's hitting home runs, but his batting average is not as consistent it's as we'd like. 20-something now. It's really Exactly. Dead. And you got DeWall Lugo, who was you know, brought in for... Um, J.D. Martinez, it might be that the moves that were made that might bring the most fruit back to the Detroit Tigers are the moves for Justin Verlander and um, letting go of uh, Alex Avila and Justin Wilson. Uh, It's surprising in that if you could have just gotten something for J.D. Martinez and Justin Verlander, you could be looking at seven players that are productive. And right now, it's looking like still hit or miss, and uh, my nerves are a little bit... uh, I'm still a little bit concerned regarding the haul that was brought back at the beginning of the deconstruction of the Detroit Tigers. Just looking at it going, ooh, if some of these guys don't hit, if some of these young cats that are uh, being traded for are not going to hit, oh, it's going to be a nightmare. Well, DeWell Lugo is like 286 right? OBP. Ken Alario has been horrible, I think, since June 1st. His average is at 220-something now. He's dipped significantly. And you talked about missing J.D. Martinez. But, Doc, remember, we have Mikey Matuk out there and Jacoby Jones. Have you seen Jacoby Jones in his last 50 games? He's hitting well below 200, below the Mendoza line Jacoby Jones has hit in his last 50 games. That's what we have in the outfield now. Instead of J.D. Martinez, who we got Duel Lugo for? you got to wow. be kidding me. It's like a 280-something 
on base percentage. Now, he made the Futures game, but that only says so much about him. Now, Matt Manning lets up a home run. I saw he let up a big home run on Sunday at Nationals <laughs> Park. Great right. to see out of Matt Manning, too. And I wanted to see if we could have Emily Walden, you know, Emily on this week to discuss Matt Manning's performance and the prospects so far this season. She couldn't make it for Tigers Talk this week, but Emily, maybe we'll have her on in the future to discuss these prospects and how they have fared recently. And a lot of these guys, I mean, Matt Manning was doing well and uh, promoted, but God, we would have liked to have seen a little bit better uh, you know, something out of Matt Manning. A little bit more productivity out of Matt Manning in that Futures game. Because he didn't look totally, totally sharp. He had one inning where I think he got the first two guys out, and then he just struggled after that, and like I said, let up the big bomb in that same half inning. So Lugo and him in the Futures game, not extremely exciting or fruitful, you could say, out of the two of them in the Futures game this past Sunday. Okay, let's summarize. What do you make of the Tigers' first half? This year under Ron Gardenhire started off great, um, better than expected. They didn't fall off the face of the earth. They were competitive one game under 500. And then after that, the bottom flip fell out. And right now they're struggling to win games. And you have a lot of question marks. Um, some people have said, look, you started the year with a lot of people you could trade. And right now, who can you trade? Who can you get value for? And so the biggest takeaway I have is I think a lot of the stock in terms of the players has dipped to a point where in the next couple of weeks, there might even be just one or two guys that you can talk about being let go. So the stock has dipped dramatically, and uh, that's not a good sign. Unless you're talking about Mike Fires. Really, I have to say, regarding the first half of the Tigers, where would the Tigers be without John Hicks, Nico Goodrum, and Mike Fires? They're 41-57, and 57, almost 20 games under five they They've lost 20 of their last 25. And you know what? You can still say those guys have at least been there and done something. What have they? Wouldn't have done anything up to this point. John Hicks, Nico Goodrum. Mike Fires, guys that really have over-exceeded expectations hugely. So they've extremely surprised. Where would the Tigers be without those three contributing as much as they have going into the second half of the season? They'd be nowhere close to even uh, being under 20 games or 20 games under. They wouldn't. They would be north of 20 games under 500. They really would without the production. I really think of John Hicks, Nico Goodrum, and Mike Fires in the first half of the season. And now Fires, maybe you trade him and get something for him, but you're not going to get great value. As I've said before, they're not going to get great value out of Mike Fires. They wouldn't out of Nico Goodrum if they traded him, and they wouldn't for John Hicks either. Sad but true about the Tigers and the the state that they currently exist in. But I do think there's opportunities to even talk about Michael Fulmer, Nick Castellanos, and uh, Francisco Liriano as well. There's opportunities for those guys to have at least you know some trade value. But in terms of where it could have been, I feel like if they would have made moves sooner, then there would have been more opportunity. And so I do think that uh, the Orioles have the, tra- the biggest trade chip in Manny Machado. That'll be the big talk. I'm kind of thinking that maybe... If the Tigers really are probably smart, the smartest decision would be just wait till the offseason, start making the moves. Ride it out with the, with this crew. Let them enjoy a, a year together. Whatever happens, happens. And uh, I do have a bold prediction. I do think that to start, they're going to win the series versus the Red Sox, and they're going to have an opportunity to right the ship. I think in the next 20 games, they'll win 11 of them. They'll go 11-9 and nine in the next 20. And they'll start to right the ship, and they'll play around 500 ball the rest of the year, and they'll probably finish... 10 to 15 games under 500 as a result of one significant losing streak. I don't see another 8 to 10 game losing oh, streak. God, if they have that, Doc, they're going to lose 100 games exactly. easily. I see 500 ball the rest of the way. Uh, no. I'm going to say 10 games under 500 the rest of the way. I think Fulmer picks it up. Boyd will be better. Uh, they might not even trade fires. Maybe he's a little bit or you know keeps doing the same and is still productive. John Hicks is still productive. Nico Goodrum, I think, will dip off, though. But maybe close to what he has done. So because of that, the Tigers... They finished like 10 games under 500 in the second half of the season. Okay, like everybody will do, what grade would you give the Detroit Tigers first half of the 2018 season? Well, I think Gardenhire as manager deserves a B. The Tigers club deserves a C 
because they've kind of exceeded, they have at times at least have exceeded expectations, but towards the end they tailed off big time, and now in third place, 41-57, and 57, almost 20 games under, but they're not. That's the key thing. They're not 20 games under 500. They're not the laughing stock of the AL or the big leagues. So you can say that for the Tigers in their defense and say, well, that's why they deserve, I think, a solid C. And so... Um, one last note. Did you recall Zuzu noted, and he paid attention, and some people will say, well, Johnny Kane's bits are a little bit gimmicky. The kid caught on. He saw he it. Caught on about the food, right, that he eats. Exactly, yeah. and so that's why you do it, is that, yeah, maybe he says he doesn't want to get a little bit cheeky, too cheeky in these segments, but you got to do something when the team is not playing well, and Johnny Kane and, and, and the crew there have done well to have him do something else. It's entertainment. That's what it is in terms of television. Look, the hardcore fans you have, you got to remember that, that people that love you and listen to you, you can do whatever. You know, Johnny King can just interview anybody. But at the same time, when you have, uh, you're trying to attract an audience maybe to stay with the crew. Look, eight years old. He remembers Johnny Kane, and he knows who it is as the guy who goes out and eats all the awesome food. Isn't that amazing? And the guy with the great looks and the great head of hair. I just said when before, I introduced him. No, before we get out of here, you posted something. You that see was that? Like, yes, on Instagram too. I was like, we don't. Yeah. Well, what are you trying to say I, that it says about me? It says no, nothing about no, me. No, not saying what it says. It's that, why are you objectifying Johnny Kane? Why do you have to bring up that I he's am handsome? A, I am objectifying Johnny Kane because I really believe he's handsome. <laughs> Can I really believe authentically that he's handsome? Why? Now, I could believe a woman is good looking too. Now, I know you're probably trying to say, well, why or would I post that for a woman that's good looking that we've had on the podcast? <laughs> probably not. I guess and that's hypocritical of me. It is a little bit. But am I really objectifying Johnny Kane? Do you think really he felt objectified? <laughs> <laughs> or what I'm reading that poster, what I said when I did introduce him on last week's episode of Tiger Stock, which was a great episode, an episode number 150. Let me say that once again to the masses. So please tune into that and to that interview with Johnny Kane. You can hear it. Him talking about his maybe gimmicky segments at times with the food, eating the food, what he's eating, all exotic like food that he's had at these different ballparks. I'm jealous of him, man, with that. And his great head of hair. I got to be jealous of that, too. Sorry, but true. This brings to a close this fine, fine edition, episode one. 51 of this podcast, one that I'll probably keep around for a long time. Uh, my nephew really is going to appreciate it. Can't wait to send him the link. So if you can, try to put it up a little bit faster than average. But uh, I really enjoyed the conversation that we had. It's fun to do something a little bit different, similar to the Home Run Derby. I mean, it's something different, the All-Star break. Um, everyone says this is the slowest week in sports, but you made this podcast recording talking baseball. Really, really fun, Vito. Cool. So Zuzu, the future Derek Jeter who's a Kalamazoo native. He went to U of M for like one semester, never played ball, would have played ball at U of M, but then was drafted by the Yanks and went on to have a great, illustrious Hall of Fame career. Look, if he can be the next Nick Castellanos, uh, Bryce Harper, then, hey, it's all as good in our world, right? We'll take it. Can we sell that as a podcast, too, that we had him on way before he got big, right? Uh, I got pictures of me playing catch with him, man. It's good stuff. I love it to see someone's passion. You know what? You and I are passionate about podcasting. Thank you, everyone who downloads, who makes this possible. And by visiting our website, DetroitSportsPodcast.com, you help keep us on the air. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you much, guys. Adios.